Well, happy 4th of July. Uh, we are in the final part of this series called Winning the War in Your Mind. And I just want to tell you, if you have been tracking with us and you have been battling along and you just feel like you're still struggling, then this message is for you. You know, because it's July 4th, I wanted to come somewhere special that was really relevant to our nation's founding. So I'm here today in Yorktown, Virginia, which this spot played a major role in our nation's independence. You know, uh, Pastor John, this time of year, loves to give me a hard time around July the 4th because for those who don't know, I was actually born in England. And even though I'm a naturalized U.S. citizen now, very proudly, uh, John just loves to have fun at my expense. And so to be honest, I was, I was a little bit shocked when John said, you know, Derek, you're going to be doing the message on the 4th. But then as I really stopped and I thought about it, it started to make sense to me because a few years ago, John got one of those Ancestry.com tests and he found out that he's 63% British. And then, and you, you may not know this, but, but John Sly has actually met the Queen of England. True story. We've even got a picture to show you. And you may think that the, the Last Dance, that documentary with Michael Jordan and the Bulls is his favorite show, but actually John is obsessed with the crown. He cannot get enough of it. And so as I started to think about all that, I realized, wow, he's just, he's really conflicted now about this day because of all this British heritage that he has. And so he decided to give this sermon to me. Well, July the 4th, 1776 is known as Independence Day. It is the day that we broke free from British rule. But you know what's interesting about that date, July 4th, 1776? On that date, there actually was no independence. There was no freedom. And there definitely wasn't any peace. You see, on July 4th, 1776, it was the Declaration of Independence. We declared that we were becoming independent from Britain. But in reality, the war was in full swing. In fact, it had already been going on and it would go for five more years. Right here where I stand, where the Battle of Yorktown took place, it happened on October of 1781, a full five years after the Declaration of Independence. Now, you may have also declared your independence. You know, in this war that's raging in our minds, you may have said, you know what? I'm identifying that stronghold and I'm gonna name the truth from God's word that demolishes that stronghold. And you've just, you have declared, I'm doing this thing. But if you're gonna be honest, you'd say, you know what? <laughs> yeah, but there's, there's no independence. There's no freedom. There's no peace. I mean, you're full on in a battle. And so what I want to tell you today is how to find peace in the midst of this ongoing war. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7, Paul gives us some famous, famous words to apply to our lives. And you may have heard these verses before, but they are so incredibly important if we're going to find peace in the midst of the battle. Paul says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. 
and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, you have to understand, if anyone has a reason to be anxious about anything, it's definitely the Apostle Paul. He's in a Roman prison awaiting trial and possible execution. But what he says is that rather than being anxious, he says, you know what? I'm not going to be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, what do we do? We present our requests to God. What Paul is imploring us to do in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the battle, is to give it to God. Now, in some ways, this is really, really easy. You've heard the expression, there's no atheists in foxholes. You know, I bet right here on this battle site at Yorktown, just about every man involved in this battle prayed to God before it started. As they were, you know, loading their weapons and just as everything was about to break loose, I bet just about every single one of them lifted up a prayer, made a bargain with God, prayed, please, please protect me and get me through this. The truth is when we're up against it, when we're really going through it, it's pretty easy to pray, isn't it? But what I find is, though it's easy to pray, it's hard to find peace. Because while it's easy to pray, it's hard to let go. When I was 20 years old, I decided I wanted to go skydiving with some buddies. And uh, we got up in the plane, we're at about 5,000 feet in the air, and they opened up the side hatch of the plane, and there was a bar connected to the to the side of the plane. And I grabbed onto that bar and I was literally flying along the side of the plane like Superman. And I looked back at the jump master and he said, okay, Derek, I'm gonna count you down and then you're gonna let go. So he counted me down, he said, let go. And I just, I couldn't let go. I was just holding onto that bar. I looked back over at him again and he says, okay, we're gonna count you down again. And then you're gonna let go. Second time he goes, let go. And I just sat there and I just could not let go because what I knew was in my mind, my brain was telling me, if you let go, you're going to die. I mean, you are going to be dead. Do not let go of this plane. But then I remembered something they told us on the way up. They said, everyone who goes up jumps. And if you don't want to jump, we'll just go faster until you can't hold on anymore. So the third time he counts me down and he says, let go. I don't even know what happened. I'm telling you, I feel like my brain disconnected from the rest of my body, but somehow I let go. And in that moment, I went from completely terrified and holding on for dear life to the parachute opening. I'm 5,000 feet above the earth, man. And I am just gliding around. It was absolute euphoria. You know, it is so easy to pray, but it is so hard to let go. But when you're able to, when you're able to, whatever that thing is that you're fighting so hard, you're struggling with so bad, when you find that you're able to let go of that thing that you're holding onto, man, that is when, when we can do this, that we experience what Paul talks about in verse seven, where he says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
This is my God box. I know it doesn't look like much, but it's really, really helpful for me. And I want to share the power of it with you. So when I'm really struggling with something, when I, when I'm praying about something and I need to, to let go of it, I need to give it to God. What I do is I write down my prayer on a prayer card. And then I open up my God box. And as I put this prayer into my God box, what I'm doing is as I let go of it in my hand, I'm also letting go of that request in my mind. I'm giving it fully to God. And I close the box and I say, God, this is yours. You know, the other thing is in the verse that we talked about in verse six, Paul shares two powerful little words when he's talking about, you know, present all your requests to God. He says, with thanksgiving. And where this comes in for me is that as I'm placing that request in my God box, I just take a moment and I thank God. I say, God, thank you for your love. Thank you for always coming through for me in my life. Thank you for always meeting my needs. And thank you for hearing this prayer. I trust you with it. It helps me to let go of it. Now, I don't always succeed in always fully letting go. In fact, sometimes what I find myself doing in my mind is I've actually picked back up that that worry, that struggle, that thing. And when I do that, I actually reach into my God box and I go and I grab that request back out and I hold on to it until mentally I'm ready to once again let go of it. So I want to encourage you to give whatever it is, whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're battling with, to give it fully over to God. And when you do, to let go. You know, prayer is so important when it comes to winning the war in your mind. You may have heard someone say, well, the only thing we can do now is pray. And what I want to tell you is prayer is so powerful. Prayer isn't our last line of defense. It's our first line of offense. Because not only does prayer move the heart of God, but prayer also changes the chemistry in the brain. You know, for decades, neurologists believed that the brain didn't change once you hit adolescence. I don't know about you, but man, I am so glad that I don't have my adolescent brain. That would be a disaster. What we know now is that the brain is continually changing. It is a process known as neuroplasticity. And that is such good news. But what I want to share with you is even better news. You know, it has been discovered that prayer actually changes your brain. Neuroscientist Dr. Caroline Leaf in her book, Switch on Your Brain, says this. It has been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scan. That's incredible, on a brain scan. What that means is that prayer doesn't just change things. Prayer actually changes us. It fundamentally changes our brains. And, you know, if you think about it, you know this from your own experience, right? I mean, you can think of times when you were really praying, you were close to God, you were connecting, and what you experienced was was something that would show up on a brain scan. We know this inherently. So again, what I want to just really encourage you to do is whatever it is you're dealing with, whatever it is that you're struggling, give it fully to God. Go to God in prayer.
So one more thing about verses six and seven in Philippians chapter four. When you understand them in the context of the entire letter, what you see is that though you and I, we read those verses in very much a Western individualized way, like individual instructions for you and for me. But Paul writes and he says these words over and over through the letter. He says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, further, my brothers and sisters, finally, brothers and sisters. See, Paul isn't writing to you individually, me individually. Paul is writing to the church. He's writing to a gathered community who would be hearing these things and applying them in community. What Paul is reminding us is don't fight alone. You'll rarely win the battles that you're fighting yourself. No one knew that better than George Washington and the Continental Army. See, here at Yorktown, the British army had 8,000 troops strong right here in these earthworks. They had an incredibly fortified position. And in addition to that, they had 19 British ships that were coming to bring enforcements. Now, the Continental Army also had 8,000 troops strong right here, and they were trying to advance through this field. But the challenge was that man, they were low on supplies, they were low on money, and they were low on morale. And they knew that they needed help. And so they reached out to their French allies. The French definitely didn't want to see the British have any more power in the world. And so they were happy to help. The French sent money, they sent supplies, they sent French troops, and they sent French ships. And it was incredible what took place here at Yorktown. Continental Army and French together, working together, were able to mount a sneak attack. Alexander Hamilton led a team right through these woods to some stronghold positions that were key to then allowing the rest of the French and Continental troops to advance on this field on the British. But probably most importantly then, the British, those 19 ships that they were waiting to arrive, the French ships arrived first at the mouth of the Chesapeake Bay and their 24 ships took down those 19 British ships and essentially surrounded the British at Yorktown. And this turned out to be the final major battle of the American Revolution, a tremendous victory for the Continental Army. So I wanna ask you a question. Do you wanna win the war in your mind? Don't fight alone. That's Sarah's story. Hi, my name is Sarah Condi and this is my story. I have struggled with anxiety and depression and ADHD my whole life. When I was 14, I started taking medication Aside from seeing a psychiatrist once in a while, I really had no tools to understand or cope with my feelings or what was happening to me. And that's just kind of how it continued. As I grew into adulthood, I managed my anxiety and depression with a mix of medication, some alcohol, and for the most part, it worked well enough, you know, I managed. When I was 29, I had everything going for me. I had a great job. I had just gotten married. I lived in a really cool part of Boston, had a great small group with Grace that I loved. I went out all the time, was having a blast socially, and I was killing it at work. 
After putting in all the late nights, I finally won the opportunity that I was looking for to manage our biggest account. And as soon as I got that, I was like, this is it. I did it. I made it. And then came the pressure and the stress and the perfectionism. And so I doubled down on working hard and trying to control my environment the most I could and just went deep, deep into working all the time. I also used my playbook because I felt my anxiety coming up. So I was like, okay, I know what to do. I'm going to use some medicine, have some drinks. And, you know, that would make the bad feelings go away, but they would just come back and they started to come back stronger and stronger every day. Um, one day it got so bad that I had to call HR and tell them I was no longer uh, fit to do my job. And as someone who had put their identity into achieving and, and being a rock star at work, this was um, completely devastating. I had officially had a nervous breakdown. I had hear people say that all the time, but this was a real one. And it was so severe that an insurance company qualified me for short-term disability. I was really unwell. I found myself in what's called an outpatient day program, which is one step away from inpatient full-time hospitalization. I got so depressed so fast. That's kind of the other side of anxiety. And it got so bad that I didn't even care to eat. One of the things that I had to do was meet with a counselor. And I had to do this regularly every day. This was new for me. It was something I had never done before. And honestly, before this, never even considered. The program I went to was a Christian counseling program, and they introduced me to mindfulness practices um, and ways to get my thoughts and my body quieted. And it aligned a lot to God's desire for me to have a sound mind that was filled with peace. And that was really interesting to me. And it occurred to me that my mind had been so busy with these negative thought spirals that I hadn't had enough space to hear God at all. This connection between my mental health and my spiritual health was really a revelation and it opened a whole new door of willingness for me to, to let the counselors in and do their work. One particularly rough Sunday, um, I went to the prayer wall at the end of church service and I was in really bad shape. I don't remember what happened other than I was there, I got up there somehow, I fainted, and when I got up, I tangibly felt that something burdensome and dark had been lifted off of me. A lightness had come over me that I can only explain as a spiritual encounter. And while I certainly would qualify the, this encounter as a miracle, it was not a magic fix. Instead, it allowed me to have the state of mind to start putting in the hard work that I really needed to do with my counselor. Since that moment at the prayer wall, I have had many hard days, but the difference is that now I know that God is with me. I know with my whole heart that God wants me to take care of my mental health, and he wants me to take advantage of the professionals and medical tools that are provided to me, and that this provision is a way that he shows his love for me and a gift. So here it is. If you walk away with anything today, please walk away with the encouragement that your mental health is worth it, that you are worth it, and that God wants you to get the help you need to navigate this life. Counseling is part of the way that Christ shows his love for his people. I love what Sarah shared there. You know, the truth is, 
that you're going to have battles that you just can't overcome, that no matter how hard you work, how hard you try, you just can't seem to find peace. That's where the Continental Army was. And that's where Sarah was. What I want you to remember is that God never intended you to fight this fight alone. If you want to find peace in the midst of whatever struggles, whatever battles, you need two things. You need God and you need other people. So I just want to encourage you to find a way to give whatever it is fully over to God. To, to put it in that God box and to, to let go of it. And don't do this fight alone. Use your allies. Find those resources, those people that God has put in your path. Utilize them. That's how you win the war in your mind. Let me pray for you. God, oh, do we need help in this ongoing battle, Lord. We may have declared our independence, but this freedom, this peace is is so fleeting at times. God, it's such a struggle. Please, please help us to not just pray to you, but, but fully turn everything over to you, to let go of what we're holding on to. And God, please bring us resources. Help us to see who can come alongside us and help us in this journey so we don't have to go it alone. God, we need your peace. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. I just wanna remind you that God is with you and your church family is with you as well. We would love to come alongside you and help you if just if you're struggling, if you're battling. So if you're interested, in connecting with a counselor or just finding out more about counseling, you can go to trygrace.org slash safe harbor. And if you would just like to come along some other people who can encourage you in your journey, you can go to trygrace.org slash groups.